Do you live your life rock boat to rock boat? If so, then welcome aboard the Boatcast, the podcast for rock boaters by rock boaters. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Bommel to the podcast. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So this is an honor. Well, it's an honor for me to be able to hang with you guys and have a chat. And uh, I've seen you on the boats. I've seen you at the festivals and uh, I've seen your podcast. So uh, it's great to be here. Thank you very much. Thank you. So, yeah, we, you know, uh, we, we just saw you in Texas. I textified. Um, and I think our our relationship and your understand and, and your love for music we really, I mean, yeah, we, we met on the rock, but, but they, for obvious, for all intents and purposes, everything has grown in our, our, our podcast and, and we just get to meet so many more amazing people. And we find ourselves in these awesome situations where we can have these heart to heart conversations about music and the love for music and your ability to participate in some of these awesome performances, uh, Sam. And, and I know oh, that thanks. you've got a, a long history of the rock boat and, and, you know, being up there on the stage and six man like, in general too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know that when we were chatting, we wanted to maybe do something at textified and me and Mark were like, no, we, you, you need your own episode. This is too big. We need, we need Sam on his own show. Wow. Well, listen, I'm, I'm honored guys. And, and by the way, you mentioned Texified. So um, it was a thrill. Shout out to the Connors for putting on an amazing event. Um, and for those of you who didn't read some of the posts, um, it was particularly adventurous because I think a, an F3 tornado touched down less than three miles from the event, but everybody at the event was safe and the Connors did a great job of taking care of, uh, of having a great time and, and doing it in a great way and making sure everybody was safe. So that was very cool. Well yeah. said. So um, the rock, and I still got a little bit of mud, Texas mud on my pillowcase from that too, just so you know, and I'm not cleaning it off. You know, it's funny. You talk about Texas mud. So when we left, uh, I changed from my boots to my sneakers at, um, just before we got before we left to go to the airport. And I put my sneakers in a like a food store plastic bag and I put them. I wrapped them three times in the plastic bag so they wouldn't leak in, in my luggage. Honestly, they sat in the garage for probably two weeks. And I think like Two, two weeks and a couple of days, and I just literally took them out and uh, cleaned them off uh, in the garage. And did you need a sledge and a cold chisel to get that <laughs> stuff off? You know, it's it, it's gotten so cold here in Pennsylvania. I think they might have just froze off at this point. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, you don't want them warm. <laughs> well, Chris, since you're so good with that, mine are still in my garage. Next time you come over, <laughs> Marks will probably be in the garage in the same condition until the next next fight. You got that um, right. I'm. I'm I'm the idiot who uh, didn't even pack boots. I, you know, I, I, I was in such a rush to kind of get, just get stuff packed. And I was more worried about the baseball game than the night before than, than actually what the weather was going to be like out of Texas. That I, as soon as it started raining, I was like, oh, man, uh, I'm, I'm in for it. And I, I ended up, as I got back, I tossed those shoes in the garbage. <laughs> It can happen, man. It can happen. But it was a great event. It was a little wet, a little muddy, but uh, spirits were very high. So, and, and, for- and Sam, I gotta say, I gotta say, uh, 
just to, just one last point about Textified is I don't think that from, whether from being a fan or you being on the stage, I don't think anybody had a better time than you. I mean, the, the ear to ear smile I saw on your face the whole entire time was, uh, was, was pretty epic. Well, thank you. I, I mean, guys, we love this stuff, right? I mean, yeah. this is, uh, you know, I, it, it's funny. I, you know, I, I would love to be able to do music for a living. Obviously, um, I, I have a day job in order to be able to uh, pay a few more bills. But uh, whenever I talk to one of one of my colleagues or one of my business partners, and I start talking about music, they'll they'll say, you know, it's funny. Your whole demeanor changes. You you went from like, you know, all of a sudden you're happy. <laughs> What's up with that? And music is just fabulous. I, I have a time of my life and you guys do too. I got to tell you, you guys, you guys show up and show out. It's great. Thank it's you. Fun. Thank you. So Sam, for those that are listening, we would encourage you to make sure you jump onto our YouTube channel to check out because Sam has this beautiful setup in the screen here of his fiddles. And Sam, t- can you just educate us a, a little bit about how you and the fiddle and how that relationship started and how many other instruments maybe you went through before you landed on the fiddle? I, I've been a, I've been a fiddle player my whole life. I really I started with classical violin. So I'll try to keep it quick. My dad was a concert violinist, um, <clears throat> had a great career, uh, did some amazing things. Uh, he was best known. He played a lot of Broadway shows when I was growing up. That was his nine to five, um, which was cool because um, first of all, I got to, you mentioned baseball. I got to go to day games all the time. I was a Yankees fan at the time, but, um, got to go see the Miracle Mets play when I was a little kid, saw the whole pitching staff and wow. sort of dates me for those who baseball fans <laughs> out there, but his big, he worked a series of Broadway shows, Fiorello, She Loves Me. His big claim to fame was he was concert master for Fiddler on the Roof or it's run on Broadway. And then he did, um, dancing a little night music and then. You know, he was a union musician. He was, uh, you know, just a, you know, working, working musician. Then he, he, uh, he retired and he went on tour with the Bee Gees for a couple of years. And, and then, you know, then I'd he, say that's a pretty sweet retirement. <laughs> yeah. I, he had a great time too. But, uh, you know, I started when I was four, uh, didn't have a lot of choice. I had a quarter sized violin shoved into my hands and, uh, learned Suzuki method. And, you know, growing up as a kid in New York with a violin case going to, going to grade school not cool man it's like you know uh it was you know suburban new york westchester county but you know not the kind of thing that you know um gets you a lot of uh cred when you're a kid so um i wanted to be a baseball player keep you know that sort of recurring theme i guess on this but uh so i wasn't terribly serious about it i played in orchestra and then i moved to florida folks split up and uh when I first moved down there, I was using my fiddles to replicate a body in bed so I could sneak out and go have fun at night um, <laughs> and wasn't doing a lot of playing. Eventually ended up uh, back here in uh, the D.C. area and a bunch of my buddies in high school were musicians, uh, really, really talented musicians. And so I got into a prog rock band and um, played King Crimson and Zappa and a bunch of stuff like that. Which my lovely bride Debbie, who's a rock coder, will tell you it wasn't the best band she ever loved. But you know, if <laughs> if you if you look at my music where it really started, the first three records I stole from my older sister were Sgt. Pepper's, Led Zeppelin II, and Black Sabbath Paranoid. 
So um, there's a lot of there's a lot of rock and a lot of blues and you know that sort of thing in in what I do. But um, I played in my late twenties through college and stopped and just you know career and kids and didn't do yeah. much. Um, and then uh, started going to see music again after my kids went to college and. Uh, my lovely bride was the instigator, uh, started out as a great big sea fan, ended up on uh, Ships and Dips, had an incredible time. They stopped doing Ships and Dips. There's this rock boat thing and uh, went on that. And uh, what was the first boat you went on? Uh, what was it? Um, and how skeptical were you? Like, honestly, because that idea was like new when it first started. Like that wasn't like a thing like it is now. I'd have to check. Honestly, God, I think it was it was the last Carnival Cruise, whichever that one was. You guys so 13, 13. Yeah. Okay. So I, I actually have a cool story about that. So we went on ships and dips. We were really big fans of Great Big Sea and had a, an amazing time on that boat. I uh, heard Jukebox the Ghost for the first time and, you know, really, and and Stephen Kellogg and the Sitchers for the first time. Okay. And so, you know, it was, again, you know, we you get frozen. Unfortunately, a lot of people get frozen in their music that they grow up and go through college in. And that yep. was kind of me. And then it just sort of organically, you know, started to get into Celtic Rock. So we're on the Ron Rock Boat 13. Debbie runs off to get her nails done. I guess had to. So I'm standing around, as you guys can tell, I'm kind of shy and retiring. I don't like talking to people very much. And so I'm at the top of the atrium, hanging out, chatting with people. And this guy with a nicely shaven bald head walks up with another dude and we start chatting. And I go, yeah, this is my first rock boat. He goes, really? Why'd you get on? I go, well, um, there's this band called Carbon Leaf and this band called Stephen Kellogg and the Sixers. And we figured, you know, we'd give it a shot. I, I, I said, by the way, I, and this is really true. I'm terrible with names. I forget names as soon as I walk away. I said, you know, I apologize in advance. I'm going to forget your name. He goes, his name was Ken, by the way. He goes, oh, don't worry about it. He goes, that guy down there, he never forgets a name. I go, you mean uh, six man Andy? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> I go, how do you know him? He goes, well, what kind of partners in this cruise? I go, really? Are you and Sister Hazel? He goes, yeah, I'm the lead singer. I was <laughs> wow, I can't wait to hear your music. I was sincere. I yeah. that part of the music, you just and he was the sweetest guy. He just goes, he goes, no worries, man. Can't wait for you to hear it. And I go, is this guy in the band? He goes, no, he's my road manager. He pokes him and he goes, see, I told you, there's always new market. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> So that's my story of the first six, man. But um, I've been a rock boater ever since that moment, ever since the, the first sail away, uh, done. And can you walk us through the transition from your first rock boat and then having the opportunity to get up on a stage and, and, and perform? What was that? Like, how did that go down? Well, it, you got to back it up a little bit because I still wasn't playing music when I went on Ships and Dips or my first four rock boats. Yeah, yeah. And um, then on the rock boat, my fifth one, my jacket year, uh, my day job was going to keep me from going. At the beginning of the year, third week of January, we have an annual kickoff like a lot of companies do, and I couldn't go. And I got to tell you guys, I have never been 
so despondent, almost enraged. I mean, I, I don't ever lose sleep. I lost three or four nights of sleep. I was just felt trapped. Yeah. And so uh, my, my wife, Debbie, went and um, she had a good time, but she wasn't going to sit around waiting for me to get home from some dumb corporate event. <laughs> so, um, you know, I dialed back to psychosis. Within three months, I was doing uh, live karaoke with Radio Birds at a Rock This Town event at Jam and Java here in town. Uh, some friends of mine who'd been on me for a decade plus to pull my fiddle out and play were in the crowd, and I was on them to let me sing. And so I walked off stage. I said, did I pass the audition? And they go, okay. yeah, we'll let you sing a couple of songs. We're playing at JV's, which is another little club in town, and bring your damn fiddle. And so I brought my fiddle, played a couple of pictures, showed them to a colleague of mine who'd been running a cover band for 20 years, and he says, hey, you think you could do Blackwater and, you know, a couple of Eagles tunes? We're playing a show at Jam and Job. So I uh, worked on it and, you know, we said, yeah, come on, do the gig. I, and I got to tell you guys, having done orchestra, you're surrounded by a bunch of people, done parties in high school and a little bit in college. Standing in front of 200 people who actually paid to see a performance, sold out show at Jam and Java. I was terrified. And I didn't even realize it until the music started because I do a lot of public speaking and, you know, it, okay. I, I was, I know how the feeling is, you know, you sort of get that, you know, that adrenaline. I was cool as hell until the music started. And then I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> so I played about two months later, simplified played at jam and job for New Year's Eve. So I'm chatting with Chris Sheridan, telling him I can't go on a rock boat. And he goes, Hey, did you bring your fiddle tonight? I was like, no, nah, man, I came to see you guys. And um, he goes, well, I want to hear you play Bringing Me Down, one of their great songs. If you, you, know, you guys know their music. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm like, that's, that's a tough song, man. It's, it's all good. He goes, well, bring your fiddle on the, on the rock cruise, the train cruise. He goes, we'll put you up. Well, I was drinking a little bit, and so I didn't give him a hard no, which he took as a hard yes. So the next day. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Nailed it. He, he put a, he put it out in public on Facebook the next day. Hey, Sam, it's going to be great. So I brought my fiddle. And, <laughs> so um, publicly, he went. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was I was uh, working <laughs> I was working on that song like crazy. It's a, it's a tough song. So we get on the train cruise, and you know, the first day out there's this uh, jazz brunch in the uh, in the restaurant at the back, um, Summer Palace. And I'm there. I go up towards the end. And I got to tell you, the, the guys from Simplified made it so easy. They just create, like so many of these great artists, they just create this warm bubble of energy around you when you're playing. Um, and so I got up and I played the song and, and Chris goes, hey, Sam, that was pretty good. Guess you're going to have to play with, with us for the rest of the cruise. I was like, yeah, thanks. Cool, man. Um, and so I'm packing up and Clee comes over, you know, Clee's like, I don't know, six foot eight or something. He's a yeah, he's, he's <laughs> not so small. Looking up, he's, he's looking down at me, he goes, hey, man, you heard what Chris said on mic. I go, yeah, man, I really appreciate it. That's awesome. He goes, no, you don't quite get it. He goes, we wouldn't ask if we didn't mean it. It's your vacation. You can do whatever you want. But if you want to play with us, we'd love to have you. And I'm like, when's the next show? And that was the beginning. Um, and I got to tell you, the, the, the artists in this community are just so generous and so talented. It, um, it makes it easy. So that's the beginning. That's a long story for you. Sorry, man. 
No. So by the way, I want to fact check because I said Rockboat 13 was the last one. That was actually the first one on Norwegian. So just for our listeners who are like, what is he saying? Oh, uh, so I was on Rockboat. Rock yeah, it was exactly. Rockboat 12. It was definitely Carnival. I yep. red wanting blue and um, yep. That was the first time Eamon and I saw red wanting blue. Yep. Me too. Oh my God. Incredible. I mean, and oh, I could, I mean, that's the thing about this. There's so many stories, you know, I, I, I was at uh, Mustang Sally's when uh, Scott Terry uh, had that terrible accident and still did the show. Mm -hmm. Fell off, uh, fell off a chair and, and well, another story, but uh, yeah. yeah, it, I could just go all night, man. It, it's neat to hear how, it, it all kind of started because you couldn't go on the boat. <laughs> and then it's just, it's, I find that fast. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, to each their own and whoever you believe in, but I, I think it's like a divine intervention. Like it was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I don't feel quite so bad about it. And by the way, I won't be able to see you guys on the next boat for exactly the same reason. Um, hey, six man, if you're listening, could you like, you know, plan your cruise sometime other than the third week of January <laughs> once in a while for me, please? Um, I, I mean, but it, it really that interruption actually has another cool story from the one of the recent rock boats. But yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, I can't be on the next boat. Obviously, I play a lot more now, so it's not quite as as soul crushing, although right, right. I'm very sad. I can't be on the boat with you guys so so when you're on the boat right and artists want you to come up on stage with them is that like something that is like a there and now kind of a moment or is that usually something you get like a heads up on like hey look we want you to play with us on the boat and you know or on, on whatever cruise it is or textified for that matter yeah. Well, yeah. It, it, there's a big difference on the rock boat. It's pre-planned. And, uh, you know, I, okay. I got to tell you, um, you know, uh, Simplified has been incredibly generous. They've invited me a number of times. I love playing with those guys. Uh, it's it's always a blast. Uh, Steve Everett invited me up. That was incredible. Oh, cool. Um, one of my all time favorite songs is Jet Blackheart. I got to perform that with him on that stage. And John nice. Wiley jumped up and, yeah. and, and Andy Suzuki was in. I mean, it's just um, and then but actually so the one time that it sort of was spontaneous and then Wilder invited me up. And that was awesome with them, too, because they're just incredibly talented guys. Um and the Currys, Currys brought me up. So, and that was basically pre-planned too. The only time it was sort of off the cuff was on the last rock boat. Um, uh, the guys from Switchfoot uh, invited me up and, you know, it was the last song of the show. And, um, you know, they're running in-ears. I'm not sure how much of it actually came through, but it was just a blast just to be up there. They're, you know, those guys were just off the hook. So, mm -hmm. um, wow. but at 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 um that's so at, cool yeah i mean it, it, it's it's just i have to say it again all of the artists in this community are so unbelievably generous yeah. and so open and so inviting it's just i i incredibly blessed to to know these to, to know them and be friends with them all and um you know it's uh it's it's cool just to be in that community 
um, and to get to play with them. So you asked about Texify. So Texify is a great story. Andrea Nardello is an incredible artist. She hasn't been on the rock boat yet. Bring her on the rock boat. You will not be sorry, six man. She's an incredible talent. Um, just this gorgeous alto, or I don't know, just this beautiful voice. So um, whenever Andrea and I are in the same place, I generally play her whole set. So rock, you know, um, rock by the sea events and Texified. Uh, you know, she's she invites me up to play with her. Uh, her music is really goes beautifully with strings she writes and plays with uh with a cellist uh so it's and she's just a badass so it's so much fun to be on stage with her but the um then there's the spontaneous stuff so Texify. i'm standing there i'm chatting with one of the guys from dub's band dub walks by and he looks at me and he goes Hey, you got your fiddle right i go yeah he goes come on we're gonna play a song i'm like what when he goes <laughs> Five minutes from now, let's go. I'm like, what song? He goes, come on, we'll run through it. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's that spontaneity as well as, you know, sometimes it's just planned. It's very cool. So it's a, it's a, testi- it's a testament to your personality, though, too. Um, for, yeah. for it's, it's, it's a two-way street, right? Um, the artists feel, got to feel comfortable with having you up there um, and vice versa. You got to feel comfortable being up there, but. I mean, your your openness to just kind of go around, talk to anybody, become friends with, you know, these artists as if they're just, you know, Joe Schmo down the street. Like, you, you don't put anybody on a scale. Like, you just, you just kind of, you're kind of a the the living breed of like what you would want to be uh, as as like an individual, you know. I don't know how else well, to say. Amen. That's that's really nice of you to say, but. <laughs> I just sort of, you know, kind of bop through life and try not to, not to make so easy for you. <laughs> well, you're doing it well. <laughs> well but you're I will good. tell you, I will tell you this. It's, it, it, you got to work. And these artists are so unbelievably talented, all of them. Yeah. And to be able to play with them in real time and just watch how they adjust to situations. I mean, you know, um, you know, Aaron, the Aarons, another just incredible, uh, you know, group of musicians, uh, um, Aaron Patrick and Aaron Bright, you know, they invited me up to play one of their tunes and I'm sitting there running through it with Aaron Patrick and he's just belting out the lyrics to this thing. I'm like, oh my, you know, I'm standing three feet away from the guy and he doesn't need a mic, by the way. He's No, he does not. He's got pipes forever. And so, but you do have to work at it. You know, my since I started playing music, I stopped watching TV. I basically go to work, come home, eat dinner, come down here, plug in and work on music. And because I'm always working on a set list, I'm always working on something. And it's just, you know, it's how I spend my time. So if you can't execute, trust me, no matter how generous these guys are, if you're screwing up their music, they're not going to ask you back up on stage. Yeah, Yeah, you got that right. And, you know, and for those listeners not aware, the errands are from Greenlight Morning. Ah, thank you. Sorry about that, Mark. Yeah. I'm just. <laughs> and those guys yeah. will be on the next boat and they are incredible. So make sure you do your homework. Something tells me those sets are going to be packed. Oh, my yeah. God. Yes. And that's, that's one of the things. See, that's a good example. 
you know, um, I would love nothing more to see those guys because I I voted for them, but I didn't have I didn't have a seat at the table for the final round. So I, you know, I I you know couldn't. I'm glad they're there. I'm really happy for them. Yeah, it, it's so unique when there's an act on the boat, and it just like in that moment it captivates everybody. And it's that it's kind of like when you least expect it. You, uh, Sam, you were on the last boat. Yeah. When Mom Rock played down um, by the casino, that place was I've, somebody came up to me and said, this is the most packed I've ever seen this. And I've been on like dozens of boats. And I was like, wow, that says a lot coming from said person. I was like, that's that's awesome. Like and there's moments like and that's like the beauty of the boat. And then you incorporate acts where you're up there and yeah, it's just like, it's just like some out of world experiment. That's just keeps going amazingly awesome. Uh, I give, I give credit for a lot of the credit for that to sister Hazel. Oh yeah. Um, Definitely. They, they create this festival environment that's very open and they really nurture collaboration. The the vibe is very collaborative. You know, it's funny, the um the switchfoot story is actually pretty good because the reason I had that opportunity is because I missed half of a boat. Um the one that went out of Miami into Belize, mm-hmm. same corporate event boat left Friday. I had to be at this thing on Friday. So 6 a.m. I got up, I flew into Miami, flew from Miami down to Belize, hung out overnight, swam in the Caribbean and um, arranged. And Six Man was awesome. They arranged to have me picked up in what you would call real Belize, I guess, and taken over to the private island by the company that transports people onto the island. So the guy who, who runs the place is auntie and a driver show up to pick me up at my hotel that morning. <laughs> That's terrible. awesome. And that I, awesome. I get, I get there. He'd ask me, what time do you want to go? I'm like, uh, I don't know, 10 o'clock in the morning. And so I get there and it turns out that's the time the boat is leaving for the private Island. I show up, there's a boat, an open boat with probably 30 people sitting in it all with blue shirts. It's the staff that's going out to work the island. And they're sitting there. And I'm like, oh my God, these people are waiting on me. Right. So I get (laughs) (laughs) I get in the boat and I I I sit down. I go, you were you waiting on me? And this this woman who is clearly an an American expat and a little like grumpy goes, Yeah. (laughs) Like kind of sat there meekly. And then here comes a bunch of guys. I knew that Switchfoot was coming on the island that day too. Here comes a bunch of people. I'm like, ah, you want to wait for me? No, you're waiting for these guys. And <laughs> so it was um, Ryan Nichols, who's their uh, production manager, and his wife, um, Jerome, the keyboard player, um, the guitarist, whose name's escaping me, a couple of the production guys, all get onto the boat. And, you know, we're hanging out, chatting, driving over to the island. And then there's this interminable wait. Um, to get on to, you know, to clear customs because they had to clear the boat. And so we're sitting at the exit to all of the excursions until um, Justin Keller, JK from Radio Birds, who's now a six man and a couple other people show up. And, you know, finally we get cleared. (laughs) It's hysterical. We're on on one of those extended um, golf carts driving across that long causeway, right? Mm -hmm. And... All the people are now flowing off the boat. 
And I'm sitting on it on the on the cart with Jerome and Brian and his wife. And as people are coming off, it's like, hey, because I got hundreds of friends on the boat, just like you guys, right? It's like, <laughs> hey, Sam, hey, Sam. I was like, hey, how's it going? And we get about halfway down the causeway, and Ryan turns to me, and goes, Who the hell are you? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, dude, this is a rock boat. <laughs> We're all friends. So it, uh, that's how I got to know him. And then we were chatting at, um, on the last boat and, uh, that resulted in him reaching out to the band and saying, Hey, you know, this friend of mine's got a fiddle and, you know, you want him to sit in. And so they were nice enough to say, yeah, that's awesome. And, um, just great people. And, and, and you're right. It's, it, it starts at the top, right? Uh, sister yeah. Hazel, you know, a lead by example, yeah. like mm-hmm. they're always out there talking to everybody and they, there's an expectation if you're a band um, to, to go do that. Uh, yeah. If you want to kind of keep coming on boats because they set, they set the toll for, for how it's going to be. Oh yeah. And it, it really is. It, it is very much led from the top. And I think the whole six man vibe is, is, is an extension of that. Um, their events, you know, you're going to have, I, you know, I've been on, as I mentioned, six ships and dips. Um, I've been on the train crews. They're all fabulous events. Uh, there's something that's just a little more open and festival like and spontaneous is probably the best way of putting it pretty much, you know, to your point, Chris, anything can happen. It's like, you know, yeah. there's that, that sense of, you know, adventure, if you will. And, so, cool. and, and it's, Having talked to so many people now on our podcast, especially individuals who have done one of two things. One, they've performed on the rock boat year after year after year. Um, Someone like Scott Terry, this is going to be his 10th boat. Or somebody who is um, a bigger named band or artist, and they've only been on a few. The consistency is it's like they're a well, I forgot who said it, but they're just a well-oiled machine and they only bring people on who really do love music and love people who love music um, and, are, and are totally cool with that. No divider. There's no, you know, there, there's no, there's no VIP. There's no, everybody is, is, is a VIP in that case. Yeah. Every, you know, people have to have their space. I get that, but it's not like, people are walking around with like a, a swarm of security guards. It's like, you can go get your Caesar salad, which I probably will not be eating on the rock boat, but <laughs> you can go get a Caesar salad and you could be standing next to John Foreman. And like you would, and it's just like, you realize it, he knows it, but let's just like, and you just like go about your day. Yeah. It's, and that's, that's compliments to, to us and all the other fans out there too. Yeah. Where, I mean, we don't, you just don't don't hassle don't hassle the performance. Man. Just be cool. Just be cool. It's respect, and, well, and it's it crazy because, like, as of you know, on my first boat, I was I I learned quickly not to be like um, a, a fanboy real quick. So, like, huge fan of Stephen Kellogg, and I had not really ever seen him up close and personal. Um, and I know I'm just like I see him walking down the steps in on the boat and I see other people walking past them and I'm like reading the room, like, okay, this is the norm. Nobody really goes crazy. So I'm just going to, I, my inner, my inner Zen told me to be quiet. 
<laughs> well, now, you, your, your inner Zen is really good because it, 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 I got so many stories. It, you know, you, of course, everybody knows Brian Fakino in the community. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just, and, oh, yeah. Amazing. There's an unreal, uh, this, just a great person and just an incredible artist. And so the first, that first boat my wife and I were on, we sit down to dinner. And this is when they were actually seating you more for dinner. We sat down to dinner uh, with Brian and his wife. And so this is our first boat. And of course, he's been on, you know, by that point, a bunch of them. Um, and similar to your story, Chris, I'm, I'm sitting there and Tony Lucas sitting at the table next, you know, over there. And it was like, this is right when Tony was on The Voice. And, you know, he was, you know, and it was one of those things where he was having a quiet dinner with his wife. And it's like, no, nope, leave the dude alone. Just, you know, all cool. And then um, Mick Captiville comes over. Um and starts whispering to Brian. I go, what's going on? He goes, well, you know, one of our friends has a new girlfriend and we're going to embarrass him, but uh, just don't turn around and it'll be cool. This is in the big dining room. And uh, so we're hanging out just cool. And he gets up and a bunch of, I guess, Mick and some other people get up and they walk over somebody behind me and they start singing, you've got that love and feeling. And the entire room breaks out in the song and of course the object of the prank are just like sitting there <laughs> to your point it it was just you know it was just a bunch of folks having a great time and hanging yeah so it yeah. and it is it's an amazing community uh and you guys are part of it i i remember talking to mark on the pool deck is where this all really started this conversation i remember that well and just again to Eamon's point earlier you're just so social easy to talk with there's a reason let me just say this while you're approaching the boat why so many people are yelling Sam Sam just and and then out of that conversation came your incredible history with six man and getting up there and that was the moment that we said we got to get Sam on so it is just it is amazing that this moment is happening right now well, you, listen, you guys are doing an amazing thing. It's, it's, and this whole community, um, I know, you know, it, I know everybody in the community content knows it. It's, it's, it's fun when you get to introduce another artist to this community and say, Oh, by the way, when you spend a little time with this community, you will learn that you have thousands of dedicated music fans that will do everything they can to support the artists within this community. I mean, listen, I remember seeing Megan Farrell when she, you know, was first starting to perform at an event up in, in um, uh, where was it, up in New Jersey at the beach, um, Atlantic City. And, you know, look at, you know, bringing the house down during the uh, six-man sessions. I, I I was, I, I'll honestly admit, I was not lucky enough to be in the room that day. I, I might not have survived the experience. It was just amazing. <laughs> but seeing that video and just seeing the spontaneous explosion, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's like you guys. This is a labor of love. And yeah. it, uh, it makes a big difference. I, it goes- listen, it's changed my life, completely changed my life. So thank you, Six Man. Um, you know, if I hadn't gone through this, you know, sort of the story I told you guys, I'd probably still have those things sitting in a, you know, I wouldn't have two of them. And the other two would be sitting in a dusty corner somewhere. 
like you said, Sam, you got to work at it. And that's, that goes down the board for artists that are on the boat, people that they bring up on the boat to perform with them. You know, they got, they, they got to feel comfortable. It, the, the patrons that put their time during the year to save up, to go on the boat, you got to work at it. You got to, you have to have the ability to work new songs and break down those barriers of, you know, your, your, your staple music that you're so used to. And um, yeah, you need to, you need to put your Bon Jovi's away for a little bit. Okay. He ain't going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. And your Tupac's and whatever else you listen to. And you need to listen to some mom rock. You need to listen to some green light morning. You need to listen to some sister Hazel. You need to, you know what I mean? And it down the board, it just takes work. You know, it, it's funny. I kind of compared uh, as you were saying it, um, you know, you eat, you don't watch the news, you come, you, you, you go to your office and you do. And as you're saying it, it's like kind of what I, you know, what we do here at the podcast and, and you got to work at it. And if these artists, like you said, didn't feel comfortable, they wouldn't be coming on. They wouldn't be having you up there. They wouldn't be going on the rock boat. So again, it's just like completely full circle. Well, I, I got to tell you, it really, it's, it's maybe a little bit of a cliche, but I don't believe it is because it's very true is, um, every rock boat, you find your next favorite band, your new yep. favorite band. And it, it happens every time. And, you know, everybody has different tastes, by the way, I will give another shout out to six man. And this is sort of a, a little bit of a backhanded compliment. They drive me nuts because <laughs> they know my musical tastes and they know everybody's musical tastes. So it's like, you've got to make trade-offs. They're going to put, you know, it, it, they're going to put bands up against each other that they know the same people are going to want to go to. And they do it for a reason. I mean, they break up the crowd. So you're not jammed into one venue. You, you know, you make those decisions to, you know, to see the bands that you want to see. And by the way, we, we have a rule. It's a hard one to keep sometimes. Only two shows per band. We, we made that okay. mistake one year where we, and, you know, we love the shows that we saw, but if you don't, for us anyway, everybody yeah. has your It's own a good tip. Tip alert, tip alert. Yeah. If you do two shows per band, not including like the late night stuff at Bar City, right. which is just, you know, a drink fest. But um, by the way, that's another thing. <laughs> oh, cheers, everybody. Got some water. Cheers. Got some water. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, yeah, I like bourbon. Um, at any rate, back to back to. So you best go, thing you, you said all night. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you go to two shows and um, you get to spread it out. Um, but you know, there's there's so many vignettes that everybody who's been on the boat, I think, has. I'll never forget seeing Mark and Poe in the atrium and looking over my left shoulder, and there's Andy Frasco. And he's just in, he's just enraptured. We kind of look at each other and do that wide-eyed kind of like, oh my God, are you hearing this thing? It, it, it is, and you, you guys know this, you talk to the artists. It's clear one of the things they love is the ability to hear other artists yeah. and, and be able to, you know, to see shows that they probably wouldn't get a chance to see otherwise. So I was at that show as well. And I think, like a year after that show, they won a Grammy, right? Or, oh yeah, I mean, just incredible. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it, it, the 
quality of the music that the rock boat puts on is you can always count on it being a great show. So, you know, you may never have heard the band. Um, and I will tell you, there's some, you know, sometimes you look at the video for the soundtrack artist, for example, and you go, well, maybe, right? And then you go to the show and you walk away, just blown away. One of those for me was Mickey James. I mean, you know, yeah, just an incredible act. And, you know, I don't know if you had a chance to talk to him, but yeah. quiet, shy guy off stage. He gets on stage and just explodes. It's just, you know, yeah. he is a performer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a, a man that works at his craft that's for sure absolutely absolutely i mean um this is so much fun to chat with you guys but i gotta tell you you know the the, the only thing is it's making me really yearn to like you know maybe i'll maybe i'll still wait you know get in a steamer trunk and- Ooh, what <laughs> maybe that's our goal we're just just going to keep talking with you until you, you. show up on this boat I don't know how I can do it, but uh, it's going to be killing me. And, I and, if feel... you're Sam, and if you're Sam's employer out there listening, um, <laughs> you got to start planning your uh, your January trips uh, around the road. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for an end of the year bonus, how about just giving them a couple of days off in uh, January? There you go, Mark. I'm going to put you here. You can negotiate my next deal for me. Well, it's it's funny. I you know I I uh, I reached out to six man. Well, I didn't reach out. I posted. I at some point I couldn't go, and six man Jen comes back and goes, "Oh no, your work thing again." I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Yeah. I was standing there when they announced the dates at the sail away at at the closing show. It's like they gave the dates. I looked at my wife. I'm like, "Yeah, I need to drink a lot tonight." Well, I feel like you i feel like you might you might go i feel like we might see you i don't know so what you're saying is there's a chance i i hate to say listen i i gotta tell you guys to give you an idea just the insanity when the whole belize thing Mm -hmm. i literally i didn't spend a whole lot of time on this at one point in my career not long ago i was in the i worked with companies in the oil and gas business so i know there's choppers that go out to the rigs and so i thought well Maybe I can, because if I can time it right, I can score a chopper that'll take me out to the boat. And, oh, that would be and, awesome. And, and then I forget who I talked to. They said, you do realize that, yeah, we can land a chopper on the boat, but that's the uh, sports deck is the helipad. And so I said, well, I'm not going to make a lot of friends if I take out one of the venues. So I guess, you know. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be that guy. Yeah, <laughs> and they didn't want to have, that's a high-risk operation on a cruise ship. So yeah, that, that, yeah. but that shows you how deep, how deep the commitment runs. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's too funny. The thought that I'm went in there. I'm envisioning this going down. I see it. I see it happening. So I got one quick story about bourbon on the boat. Sure. So, oh, oh, first of all, you guys know this. And I try to warn venues. If you throw an event and you have rock boaters, you better buy deep because we are like locusts. We will drink you out of everything you got. That's <laughs> way too funny. Yeah, I mean, look at Chris. He was 115 <laughs> pounds before his first boat. <laughs> it is a start. I mean, you know, on the last boat, no Tito's, no, no Buffalo trays, all gone. But so on the, you talk about, you know, what's spontaneous and what's not. One of the spontaneous uh, events, and I, I forgot to mention it, so I want to shout out to John Wiley, 
Um, and Eddie, his fiddle player, who is just outrageous and amazing. I mean, that guy's got just incredible talent. Um, so we're on the boat, the last boat, we're chatting and um, John goes, you know, you, Eddie's like, yeah, we got a jam. I'm like, well, you know, to do like a blues number or something. I'm not, you know, I don't know any of your tunes. And so it was last night, they're down in uh, Bar City. And they said, okay, we're going to bring you up for, you know, do a, like a blues jam. I'm like, okay, cool. And so, you know, it's taking a while and they're jamming, they're playing, everything's good. And so I go to the bar to get a bourbon and it's like, you know how it's set up is you have the room and then you have that bar that runs away. Well, I'm right at the corner of that bar looking up and all of a sudden I hear people, I didn't hear it from the stage. I heard somebody yelling, Sam, where the hell are you? I'm like, and I just got in my drink and I swear to God, I, it was like the seas parted. I sprinted around through the crowd down to the side of the stage you know, grabbed my stuff and jumped up. And, and then to your point, you know, Chris, there's, there's Ryan Newell jamming away with these guys too. I mean, you know, just, you know, you doesn't yeah. better than that, man. Those kind of magical things. moments. <laughs> and I almost missed it because I was getting a bourbon, but. What kind of bourbon? Uh, well, they're at a Buffalo Trace. I don't remember there. This actually is a Buffalo Trace, but I oh got, nice. I got a couple of different flavors back there. This is kind of light, so I didn't nice. want to get too hammered while I was talking to you guys. <laughs> Sam, for for Virgin boaters that are listening to this, um, what would be one piece of advice you would give them? Whether it be, you know, the the you know, it's 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 not a it's it's not a race. It's a, you know, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon to you know trying to look at the schedule when it comes out like what would be the overall piece of wisdom you would give them to have a successful rock boat you know for me to impart anything approximating wisdom is kind of a funny thought to begin with but um (laughs) (laughs) but advice i got plenty of that it's worth exactly what you guys are paying for it right um (laughs) Uh, The first advice I will give you is, as my circle of friends refers to it, as doing the Debbie. My my bride's name is Debbie. And her message to everyone is, one drink, one water. One drink, one water. Now, it's hard to maintain that. And I don't. But hydrate like crazy, because to your point, Chris, it is a marathon, not a sprint. And you will like yourself a lot more if you manage to, you know, pound a couple of uh, bottles of water in between all of those cocktails. So that's one. Um, The other one is once you make a decision to see a band and you're having a good time, just chill out and enjoy it. Don't there do not. I mean, you know, don't don't let FOMO hit you in the middle of a show, man. Just, just roll with it and go through the whole show. Yeah. You know, enjoy the artists that you've gone to see and just, you know, hang because some of the coolest stuff happens right at the end. Um, And so, sure does. so, you know, pick your shows and yeah, you just remember six man knows your musical tastes. They will drive you crazy because they're <laughs> your favorite band up against your favorite band all the way through the event. You've got to choose. That's my Sam, advice. Sam, this has been a privilege chatting with you this evening. Um, 
you know, religious mind, gentlemen, um, you guys are outstanding. And, and I, you're, what you're doing with your podcast is, is amazing. You guys are really, really great interviewers and, um, and, you know, it's, it's all about having fun, right? Heck yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's so, um, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, you you can get on a boat sooner than later well um i will tell you there's uh, another uh, rock boat act that you uh, may have heard of uh, 89v uh brooks mason saw that saw that guy at a rock by the sea in florida and very early in his career it was georgia flood and i was completely transfixed mm-hmm. um just amazing another of you know this great group of talent and he just posted he's going on the Bonamassa six-man cruise in the med so you know maybe my uh, gift to myself for missing out on the rock boat would be to fly over to Athens and you know I play in a blues band you know we do a couple of Bonamassa tunes it wouldn't hurt to you know go check that out so that's a pretty sweet little gift to yourself buddy <laughs> Long, i'm gonna have to, gonna have awesome. to save you a deserve it, to do it. <laughs> yeah. cool. Thank sam you have a have a blessed holiday and uh safe travels to you and, and the missus wherever you may go and uh Same you know rock Can't out. Wait to see you again yeah. Speaking of travels get your way up to philly man you're not too far i know that rockville to philly commute so uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. And if you're in Philly, then you know Andrea. There's yep. yeah, there's she's on our at the airport. <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah, I I will absolutely do it. And you know, listen, guys, I'll well, I think I drop all of my shows to you guys if you ever if you're ever in the area, you get a chance to come down. Yeah. So where can people you. find you, by the way, Sam? But um, you can, uh, the name of the band that I'm in is called New Legacy Blues. Uh, We're on Facebook, we're on the web, and we got a uh, YouTube channel. Uh, We got a bunch of video that uh, we need to cut and clip and put out there, but we got a few out there. Uh, As I mentioned at the top, uh, I'm starting to do a little singing in in addition to playing, but given all the talent that we've been talking about, um, you know, I have no pretensions. I, I sing some blues and have a good time doing it. But um, in fact, I've gotten a few music lessons from uh, a rock boat uh, artist and um, or singing lessons, that is. That's and cool. So, um, you know, uh, New Legacy Blues. It's a lot of fun. We, uh, we have a simple motto. If it don't make you dance, it ain't on the set list. Heck yeah. And check out below for those links here on YouTube. And we'll put that also in the show notes for the podcast. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Take care, man. See you on a boat. See you later, Sam. Thanks, Sam. You bet. Mm -hmm.